Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. We know this is going to be hard for our listeners to believe, but this episode marks the beginning of our third season as a podcast. That's right. We have been renewed. Oh, wait. No, nobody renews podcasts. We just keep doing this because nobody is there to tell us no, except for our friends and family, and we don't listen to them. But that's right. We have two full years of podcasting under our belts now, and... This is as good as it's going to get. So we're going to take some time to reflect on our time here on the interwebs, go through some news, and uh, oh yeah, there was a new fracking Marvel movie that just got released, so we got to talk about that too in this episode 70, the Free Range EDC Season 3 Spectacular Extravaganza. My name is Todd, and with me as always is a man whose knowledge of professional wrestling is rivaled only by his knowledge of the shortest route to any given Chicago area hospital. He is the Lewis Howley to my Sam Stoker, even though we're too damn handsome to play the heels it's like we've been typecast or something i give you the man they call tim greetings and salutations my friend how are you i'm doing pretty good sir doing pretty good i'm feeling feeling strong feeling a little extra pep in my step this whole like new season thing it's like it's like all the hope and the prom Uh, who am i kidding it's gonna be the same old stuff that we do every single episode i was i'm hearing a little energy in you there i'm 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 hearing some passion i'm hearing a little "Uh you know what i mean I know, and I haven't even had any coffee for like hours. I don't have any of that disgusting matcha tea that my or, uh, oh, no, it, was, it wasn't matcha. It was a turmeric, turmeric tea. Ah, uh, yes. I don't even know what it is at this point. I mean, I don't know. Turmeric. Actually, I turmeric. I do know what it is. The word has lost Pat- all meaning. <laughs> Yes, I do know what it is, though. I, I I think I've figured out what what this giddy optimism that I have is is Patrick who was smoking weed in the office oh, earlier, so I think there's some residue around oh, here. I'm not. Sh- I I'm just kidding. He he's smoking now. It wasn't earlier. Um, pa- hey, would you put that out? <laughs> no, I- could could it also be that Uncle could Todd you- ha- has a new dump- toy that he uh, you know is going to start breaking out here and there? Dump dump the seltzer on the fire. Um. <laughs> Yeah, there. Uh, not, not. Now the trash can's on fire. <laughs> no, don't dump the trash can on the seltzer. It's the other. I'm so now glad the rug he's, is on fire. he's with you and not me. Now the rug is on fire. You know what? I don't even care anymore. If we all burn alive, that's the way it goes. All right. Fire extinguishers down the hall. <laughs> Good lord. That's the bathroom. The hall is to the right. We're not even five minutes in, and it's already uh, the Patrick show. Dude, I'm telling you, man. I, I'm I'm about this close to firing Patrick, and and you can't see me because we're not on video, but it's real close. Well, I, real as, close, ladies as, and gentlemen. As you were dressing him down for for apparently lighting the building on fire, uh, <sighs> I mentioned to the listeners you, you have a new toy that you might be breaking out throughout the show here. Uh, ah, yes, the sound board of doom. <laughs> 
There it is. I don't know if we're going we're gonna to see how, how this all works. But anyways, before we get any more distracted than what we already are, which is already pretty far afield, Mr. Tim, can you name the tag team? Who, who, who are these two again? Lewis Howley Lewis and Howley. Sam Stoker. And you said they're too pretty for something something? Uh, I didn't say anything about pretty. I said that we're too damn handsome, but you could take that as somewhat of a hint. Uh... The damn handsomes? Uh, the what? I don't know. I don't know who they are. Which? Where did you come up with that name? I don't. You. You. I thought you were hinting, dropping. Because if hints. not, we should totally. We should totally copyright that. That's a. That's a pretty darn good tag team name. <laughs> damn handsomes. <laughs> I like You're it. welcome. Copyright 2021. <laughs> Vince is going to be suing us tomorrow. He's going to hear this. And he's, even though this this podcast won't go live, I'm sure he has the office bugged. Some, oh, actually, you know man. what? I, I I wonder if Patrick's on the take from him. Well, so far they haven't used any of our ideas because you know programming is still a little meh. But anyways, uh, so are you are you uh, conceding defeat? Are the you only other guess defeat? I'll put forth is uh, the han- the handsomes. I I don't know. I I really don't know who, the, who these two are. So. <laughs> That's that's I'm, pretty bad. Okay, I'm gonna stay so, on the handsome theme, but go ahead. They are called Pretty Deadly, and I guess they were they are on the WWE NXT UK oh, roster. Oh, okay. Just to okay. add a few more, you know, acronyms in there. Wow. All right. Yeah. WWE NXT UK. Pretty deadly. Although I should prob I should probably double check to make sure they haven't been cut like everybody else over the past couple of weeks. Oh, I don't know. They they might be released tomorrow, but I think as of right now they they are pulling a paycheck. So right. either way, ladies and gentlemen, I got one. You got to program that into the sound machine. You got the touch. You got the power! Yeah! You know, I, I just enjoy doing it, actually. I, you like stretching the vocal cords when you let one of those off, don't you? Let me tell you, the next day after this, I can barely talk, which is actually the one part of this, this podcast that makes my wife happy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's the one part of this where she's like, all right, finally, something is working out in my favor. Oh, that's too funny. Oh, well. That so is sorry. Too- that. Thank you for playing once again, Tim. Uh, but, you know, you, you missed out on that one. I think that means I'm five for 65 at this point. <laughs> so, something like something like that. I'll take it. I'll take it. I ought to add up the stats on this. Uh-huh. I'm sure it's it's not good. I, yeah, I, I think I, I still do- have the winning percentage, but uh, but yes. Oh, by far, by far. Well, but now that we've uh, now that we've done that, and now that Patrick has put out two or three fires, uh, sir, what do we have for the week in geek? Week in geek. Feels so funky. Ah, well, on this our season three spectacular extravaganza of doom. <laughs> I have a loaded weekend geek for us going here, so we'll we'll have to fly yes, through do. a lot of this. All right, hit me. The first one comes by way of the Late Late Show with James Corden from July first. Uh, he had Chris Pratt on, and Mr. Pratt uh, yes. shared 
shared a, a, a funny anecdote of uh, when he was uh, in the midst of filming Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, he apparently at the time uh, was was taking sleeping pills to help him sleep. And he ended up finding over time that he was kind of like going into like a blackout state, but he was like texting people and he didn't remember like what he was texting. Oh, my so gosh. He walks in, uh, you know, for, for filming uh, one morning and, and Dave, Dave Batista, B- Batista mm-hmm. to the WWE fans, approaches him and asks him about a text that Chris had sent him the night before. And uh, he's recalling the story, and he and and basically what he texts to Dave Batista is this: "Dave, I want to wrestle you. I want to wrestle you. <laughs> no one needs to know, but I just want to know. I think I could take you. I think I could wrestle you, bro. Like collegiate rules: no elbows, no knees. I just want to feel the power. So, <laughs> oh my god! So he's recounting this on the show, and he's just like, he's like, you've seen Dave Batista. He would kill me." <laughs> Yes. Yes. Even oh my and the gosh. thing is like what's really funny is Chris Pratt was very doughy on Parks and Rec. Yes. You know, he was he was not a fit individual. And then for Guardians of the Galaxy, like he trimmed way down, you know, looks like he got himself a little bit a bit of a workout regime, if you will. Mm-hmm. And got himself a little I mean, he he's not like he's not Chris Evans pumped. And, and far from it. But, I mean, he got, I mean, well, he's in better d- damn shape than I am. So, I mean, well, then again, that's not a bar either. It's somewhere in between not Chris Evans and not me. So he's somewhere, <laughs> in, somewhere in the middle there. Um, but still, still not even close I know. to being able to to stand up, stand next to Dave Batista and, and think, oh, yeah, that's an even fight. Before you even, before you even get into, like, Oh, I don't know, grappling ability and just sort of, you know, being able to handle yourself in a fight. <laughs> Not <laughs> just to mention even the two of them standing next to each other, you go, nah, he's dead. He is dead. Andy, he dead. Not Done. to not to mention that Batista, prior to his pro wrestling career, was a bouncer, I believe, in, in the oh, DC area. So I mean like you just said, it's not like he, he he doesn't have the skills to really throw down if he needed to. So yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. So Which, that I mean, you you would hope that even in your in like the darkest recesses of your mind and your subconscious, even your brain would start to have that thought, and some element of your brain would then slap that other part of your brain that thinks that, and like, <laughs> no, <laughs> not even close. What are not you even thinking? A little bit. Yeah. Just, yeah, like oh the old Ren and Stimpy show, great. man. Yes, Stimpy, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ren. Um, oh my yeah, god. Oh my god. So yeah, just, so just, just a ridiculous, funny, funny story. I'll, I'll have to send you the link <laughs> so we can put it in the show notes because it, it it was pretty funny when he told it, and he he was pretty embarrassed by the whole thing. He was like, I couldn't believe I sent that. That's like. Oh man. So anyways, just just a funny funny little anecdote from one Chris Pratt with a bit of a wrestling tie-in. Yes, which is, you know, as we can as we usually say, that's always a good thing. Absolutely. Our next one, uh Oh Uncle Todd. Oh yes. Uncle Todd. Yes. Hugh Jackman has been a tweeting. And his okay. tweeting has set the world on fire because apparently when you tweet you out, sure? maybe that's why Patrick set the rug on fire. Patrick, <laughs> are you on Twitter again? Are you at least on our Twitter? No. I. What? 
Dude, the- I'm gonna let them talk for five minutes. Never mind. Okay, I I can't deal with him right now. He's he's. I'm not sure what he's looking up. I don't want to know. Well, anyways, I'm sorry. So, that's okay. So Hugh has been has been a twitting, uh, and and what has he been a twitting? Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to find a date here for when this happened. Uh, this story came out seven days ago, so maybe it was a week ago. But okay. He, so that's um, like three lifetimes ago in internet terms, basically. But he he tweeted out a a image of uh, an arm like a Wolverine looking fist with the animanium claws coming out. And then he also tweeted a picture of him with Kevin Feige. So of course, everyone on earth seemed to believe that he's coming back somehow uh, to play Say what to play Wolverine in the MCU. So no, nothing has been said. Nothing has been announced. He tweeted out two images, one of, of the Wolverine claw and the other with him standing next to Feige with big smiles on their faces. And the world thinks, He's back. This is the weirdest thing now, dude. Don't you? I mean, because remember back, remember back when like we were growing up and it was a big thing when they started to have like 24 hour news channels, Mm -hmm. because then it was just like if something happened late at night, you had to wait till like the next day at some point to maybe hear about it. Yeah. And now we live in a world where like. That is as good as a press conference right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is that is all the evidence that you need in today's world that, like, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Holy cow. Well, and, and I need to correct myself um, already. One minor retraction. It was not Twitter. It was Instagram. Oh, okay. But, I mean, but still, it's not, it's not like one is, you know, more journalistically solid than the other, really. No, but, but the point is, posting two pictures back to back apparently sets the world on fire. So, wow. Um, without Patrick's involvement. Gotta say, I I would not have put money on that. That is shocking to me. I know we've we've discussed this before, and and I think we both made a pretty solid case of for for why he should just walk away uh, off into the sunset. What well, job well done? But apparently, it could happen. It oh could my happen. goodness! That I I again, it's not like I ever said, oh no, Hugh Jackman should not come back because I would never want to see him as Wolverine again. No, 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 no. I would love it. I just thought it was. I, I, then again, maybe I'm just getting too old because I'm like so much work, <laughs> so so much work, so much lifting and getting chicken too and old rice for and this rigs. salad after salad after salad and hey, no. But if Mr. Jackman's up for it, all righty, all righty then. Sign me up for them tickets right now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of uh, returns as well, uh, mm-hmm. this one comes by way of giantfreakingrobot.com, mm-hmm. purveyor of all truth. Will Robert Downey Jr. return to the MCU? Well, there is one uh, potential way, and this is not a brand new thing that I've heard, but it, it seems to be gaining a little steam, that he ha- he would like to come back as an AI voice, which we I believe mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, Yep, in the Ironheart, Ironheart right? show. Yes! Oh, I would love that, dude. Love it. I think that is a fantastic way to bring him back. Now, there is also, folks are feeling a little uh, squirrely, shall we say, because if uh, at the end of Loki here, we end up seeing the birth of the multiverse, uh, Mm -hmm. there's folks thinking that maybe there is a possibility we get a human Tony Stark back, because, or a living Tony Stark back, because Mm. he would be alive in another reality. Um, Mm. This article is not hammering on that so much. It's more about the AI part. Uh, The one thing they do mention that I thought was kind of funny is 
one thing that plays into whether he shows up and actually is a part of these things, uh, I believe, is his uh, asking price. Uh, mm. <laughs> I think Mr. Uh-huh. Downey Jr. knows knows his worth and uh, asks for such. So, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, look at the look at what was built on his shoulders. Oh yeah. If there, yeah. if it wasn't, if it was anybody else playing Tony Stark, I don't know that this goes where it goes because yeah. the, the charisma of him on screen is just off the charts. Mm-hmm. What I think would be great is we get I, I and I and I think the asking price would probably come down because it's it, and I'm just going to take a guess at this because it's like, dude, all we need you for is like five hours of voice work. Right. And you could do an entire series very easily and tidily in that. Yep. And, and he probably could even do it from his house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think the asking price would be a lot more reasonable there. Mm-hmm. I think what would be great is if we get uh, we get Tony Stark in in from another multiverse, and it's the dude from Iron Man three, who is the the TV truck guy, and he and he like he's like I pattern my whole look after you. My hair looks wrong because if he was playing Tony Stark, yeah, I would love that because that would just be such a weird little nod to that movie. That's kind of like it's. Even though I think it's the it's the the biggest grossing Iron Man movie, it's definitely not the most loved Iron mm-hmm. Man movie. I don't feel. I mean, it sure isn't for me, but yeah, that would be great. A nice little nod to that flick, you know. Oh yeah, and I, I also read somewhere. I, I need to look it up again, but I think the the new What If series that's coming out. I don't think Robert Downey Jr. is doing the voice of Tony. Mm. And and I, I remember um, one of my sons brought this up. We were talking about it and. Given this article and what they were saying about his asking price, I was curious if that was potentially part of it, you know, that for a show like that, that it wasn't, you know, economically sound for for him to do it or for them to have him do it, you know, so just pay someone who can do the voice kind of like him. And, you know, it's it's an animated series. So what's what's the loss? Right. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering. So we've got oh, you've got Josh Brolin as Thanos, Haley Atwell. Michael Douglas. I mean, dang, they are getting the the band back together here. Unless you're you're grabbing stuff from other shows, you know, like your other movies. But man, they they they're getting a lot of people here. Which, depending on where you grab that audio from, but that's a they, they got the whole band back together. Yeah. And uh, Tony is uh, uh, Mr. Downey is definitely missing from that. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, I mean, you got Chris Hemsworth, you've got Sam Jackson, Hiddleston, Jeff Goldblum, Michael Douglas, yep. uh, Brolin. Uh, let's see here, what else? Uh, ooh, Jeffrey Wright uh, is playing the Watcher. Yes, nice. that'll be awesome. I mean, even when you get down to like you know Toby Jones as uh, Armin Zola, wow, um, Michael B. Jordan, Portman. Yeah, uh, there's there's a there's a lot of folks. Yeah, I'm not seeing Tony Stark here anywhere. Yeah, interesting. So maybe it is an asking an asking price thing, or maybe like this is because we're looking at the the cast pre first episode. Maybe I don't know how they how they work these things uh, in terms of like maybe they're grabbing some audio from those movies or, or what it is. But mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. That that is one of my. I am so looking forward to that show. I am I am very hyped up for that show. I was very excited. That's coming in August. Hmm. But yeah, I would hope that I would hope they would get Downey back, and I think I would hope they would get him back just because it would be so true to the comics. Plus, it would really help out with Ironheart because right? I'm really yeah. anxious to see that show as well. Yeah, agreed. 
This next one, uh, I, I think I will I will quote Obi-Wan Kenobi when he said after Alderaan blew up, I felt a great disturbance in the Force. Oh, boy, I kind of went with a Brooklyn accent on that one, didn't I? Yeah, where were you heading with that? I feel hey, like, yo! I feel <laughs> I'm walking here! <laughs> Was that what he said? I don't think so. I don't think uh. so. I feel like... Oh, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to do. I'm just going to read you're, it. You're getting like Alec Guinness and, <laughs> and Ewan McGregor and like the Brooklyn Brawler all mixed up. It's it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I felt a great disturbance in the force as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and we were and were suddenly silenced. All right. After that horrendous buildup and three bad... <laughs> accents to try to you know make the you want point me to try and do it as you want me to try and do it as a as apollo creed <laughs> oh please please do it all right uh, i don't know i can't i can't remember the wording now oh yeah. my gosh that's sad anyways please go on well uh apparently there was uh a bit of a rumor that has come out uh this is from the direct.com after the book of Boba Fett, which we have determined will start streaming in December, uh, Uncle Todd and I are taking Christmas off to uh, imbibe in such content. What will come after? Well, uh, apparently uh, it was leaked out. Uh, I believe, let's see, a listing from Edelweiss Plus, a marketing platform in the book industry. Via the Star Wars leak subreddit promotes a stream comics graphic novel centered on Star Wars on Boba Fett. And in this associated blurb, which was likely made public by accident. It states that The Mandalorian Season 3 will debut in spring 2022. Okay, well, first first and foremost, good Lord, that was a ride to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like like, that? that's like two plane rides, a bus, a subway, and then like a crosstown, a crosstown cab ride. It's like a in friend order to find out like a, a date. friend of a friend of the man who told the friend. <laughs> Whose girlfriend lives in Canada? I mean, yeah, it's it, it, uh, that was a journey. First of all, uh, second of all, glorious. Yes. Um, okay, so yeah, that that's that's pretty cool. Because if you think about it, so if Book of Boba Fett goes, uh, what was Mando? Mando was eight episodes, right? Uh, yeah, M Mando has been yeah eight episodes. Yeah. All right. So even if we get, I think uh, Book of Boba Fett was like. Was it early December? It was saying it was just it was just December. Uh, I just said December twenty twenty one. It doesn't say when. All right, so let's just say it was the beginning of December. So you figure you get to the about you know the end of January through that. Okay, that gets your Star Wars fix through beginning of Feb. Spring kind of you could you're looking at April. Mm -hmm. That's not too far. And then where's Ahsoka coming into this? Uh, yeah. Do we get Ahsoka right after? After Mando season three, I mean, do they dare like give you Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, uh, uh, and then right into Mando? Mm -hmm. I, I'm just praying for the world not to end before like <laughs> summer. That's all I'm. I, I'm just. I gotta I'm see season three. <laughs> I'm 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 now turning into Kevin Smith, where that's where he's like, that's all I stay alive for now is I just gotta see these things. I've gotta yeah. see these things. That's my motivation now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. And here I've been rooting for the giant asteroid to just take us all now. But now I'm like, no, I, I call it off. Hang on. Season I got to see some stuff. I got season three. We got to at least make it through Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Priorities, Good people. Lord. Priorities. 
Yeah. I, well, hey, you know, I've they've always they've always been askew for me. So why should I start I changing things now? Well, I feel like I should uh, take a breather after that one. That was quite a journey. Yeah. Good goodness. How about something a little more direct now? All right. A uh, little little less crazy. A uh, little less uh, confusing. Mm. Pretty simple. Coming from we've got this covered dot com, purveyor of all rumors and truth. Mm. Uh, Basically, you know, Stan Lee has been quite a presence in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. Uh, let's face it, he, he, he ran the company. But uh, apparently, you know, it, it was always a gimmick in, in these movies where, you know, where would he pop in? You know, there would always mm. be the Stan Lee cameo. And uh, with, in, in an interview uh, with The Simpsons producer Al Jean, he revealed that following, uh, and I think this came out because they were... I don't know if they were doing a Simpsons episode where they were using some voice likenesses or something like that or, or, or that sort of thing. But Marvel basically has made a statement that they are no longer allowing uh, Stan Lee's likeness or voice to be used in any future projects after he put forward the idea of using pre-recorded audio. The long-running, yeah, so this is, uh, I think, about The Simpsons. Uh, the long-running series had in the vault from his previous guest appearances as part of the recent short, The Good, The Bart, and The Loki. Um mm. So apparently, um, and and in this interview with Al Jean, he you know he talks about how this is completely understandable. Of course, um, mm-hmm. that now that he has passed on, that you know this is going to end any sort of cameo uh, voice, computer generated or otherwise, because uh, you know it's it, it's it's out of respect of for him and the franchise. So um, certainly, yeah. So so just just a little blurb there that uh, moving forward and. As we saw with the uh, the Black Widow movie, uh, there there will no longer be uh, Mr. Stanley making his presence felt in any way, shape, or form. Rest in peace, sir. Yeah, which is is understandable. It's a bit of a bummer because I really feel like his last cameo, which was uh, which was for Endgame, kind of one of the weaker ones. You yeah, know what I mean, it, like it, it, it came and went quickly. And although the funny part is it it was very close in time period to probably my favorite one, mm. which was uh, which was into the Spider-Verse, uh, yeah. which yeah. to me was one of one of my oh, just it was so heartwarming and heart wrenching all at the same time, mm. like animated Stan Lee doing the whole, you know, the mask fit, you know, the, it, it always fits eventually. And then then like the, the silent point until like no exchanges. <laughs> Because yeah. it was like the whole package, like it was very sincere and very, you know, very heartwarming. And then it was also like there was a there was a padoom. Oh wait a minute, there was a. Uh, hang on a second, I've haven't gotten the hang of this. There we go. Um, <laughs> so it uh it was all it was all right there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was that was one of my favorites, and probably if I had to pick. Actually, if I had to pick a top three, and, and I'll ask you this after, I'll give you a couple seconds to think about it. Well, I'll give you my my other two. So, Into the Spider Verse, number one. Uh, number two would have been his appearance in Ragnarok as the as the as like the intergalactic barber. Ah, uh, uh, yes. mostly yeah. because it elicits from Thor like the whole speech, "You shall not cut my hair," and then all of a sudden gets this thing that's like spinning like eighteen blades, like, "Please, kind sir, don't cut my hair." Which I was just, it's just. <laughs> awesome uh and and then 
this one's tough because I actually do have dueling. I would I would have to actually add a three B. So three A would be uh, his appearance in uh, in Captain Marvel, just because you get the Kevin Smith crossover, which we now know that all the Kevin Smith movies exist within the Marvel universe. Ah, which. If we don't get Stan Lee, can we just start having Silent Bob show up in some of these? Because I think that would be kind of funny. And and actually, 3B, would I, I completely forgot about this one, but it is great. His cameo in Deadpool, where he plays the DJ at the strip bar. Oh, yeah. He's like, now coming to the stage, chastity. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my goodness, what's going on? What is oh, happening? But he he always did all of these with such zeal, you know, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. like it was great, it was awesome. But nice. I can totally see why you're like, no, we're not, we're not gonna like grab clips and try and deep fake our way through. Right. Totally makes sense. Right. So what would you say? Or do you have any faves? Uh, probably my 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 top one because I, I always you know from now from time to time we'll quote this with with my sons. Uh, is I, I don't know I don't remember which movie it's in, but uh, Tony Stank. <laughs> Yes, that was uh, the end of Infinity War. Oh, was it? Okay, okay. Yeah, because that was that was when Rhodey was doing his uh, his uh, physical therapy after he gets like the he got his Lieutenant Dan magic legs. Right, right. I got a package for Tony Stank. <laughs> yeah, he's right here. Thank you for that. That was great. That was great. And then the other one was um, it was at the end of Avengers one. Um, like when they're showing all the the TV clips from you know what had happened, uh, you, know, you know all the news reports, and then they flash over. I think he's playing chess or something like that, and he yeah. just says something goofy. I don't remember exactly. Oh no, what it was. was a superheroes in New York, nah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah, that yes, was yes. so great. Yep. Oh man, I'm so glad that he got to see all of that. Because- yeah. No kidding. I mean, and and got well, not not that he was living for this, but you know kind of got to see what Kevin Smith predicted back in the 90s which is that the next really big you know movie kind of uh, property was going to be comics and yeah and it happened <laughs> and it happened uh, I think in in a way you know for Marvel that as we've discussed does apparently is not uh, replicated across all movie companies so no no yeah we talked that one to death too yeah because there were there were a lot of missteps and a little bit misuse of his properties you know the stuff that he created and i know that you know as a kind of stan was a was a creator a creative kind of cat but he was a salesman at heart too so i know that in some ways he had to keep up the smile like yeah it's great it's gonna be fantastic yeah and somewhere in his in his mind he's like this is gonna suck Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah so i'm 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 both glad and not glad i guess you could say I'm of two minds. Uh, but staying within the Marvel realm. And, yes. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get through these as quickly as we can. We have some Loki <laughs> theories. Ah, of course we Loki do. Loki theories before the uh, before next week's... Uh, oh, wait, there's Mephisto! Re- reconciliation, <laughs> if you will, of the real and the jabroni. Yes. Oh, my gosh, that's right. That's coming up. Uh-huh. I got to pick out which uh, which bottle I want to get. Guess what? Ooh. Episode five, Kid Loki showed up, my friend. Ha! Yeah, and Alligator Loki showed up too. So I mean, <laughs> I wish I put my money on that one. <laughs> oh, dude! Actually, classic Loki, old man Loki. Oh yeah. 
MVP of of so far of Loki. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. good sweet man. Oh, that was great. Yes. Anyways, please proceed, sir. So one of the prevailing opinions, and we'll see if this proves true because this will earn points for Uncle Todd and myself as we both, mm -hmm. I believe, selected some of the rumors around Kang the Conqueror being the man pulling the strings, baby. Yeah. But yes, uh, one of the theories is that uh, as Sylvie and Loki approach uh, this 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 mansion, this manor, if you will, through the uh, through the enchanted uh, I forget the name of the beast, but Ilioth or whatever his name was. Um, was it was it like Eliath or something like Eliath, that? Eliath. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I just inverted it and said it incorrectly, which just goes with my bad accents that I can't do. Well, I think you're getting confused between that and Fraser's wife Lilith on <laughs> Cheers. Lilith. Um <laughs> Oh no, that was Lillian. Lillian. Wasn't it? No, it was Lilith. You're right. It was? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. I, I thought for sure I must have yeah. gotten that wrong. Okay, cool. But here's the rumor um, that King yes. is trying to uh, control the timeline. So in the comics, they, they call him Prime Kang, or probably the original Kang, wanted to eliminate all other versions of Kang to ensure that he would become Immortus. So hmm. the question in, the th in this rumor is, what if MCU Kang created the TVA to prevent any other timelines with Kang variants to form? And then it follows, hmm. and what if where Loki ends up in the post-credit scene? Oh, uh, oh, never mind. They're talking about episode four post-credit, so never mind. Hmm. Um, so basically the, the theory is where, they're, where Sylvie and Loki are going is essentially Kang's city of Chronopolis, um, where he is essentially controlling the timeline to... Uh, eliminate all other variants of himself and apparently achieve this uber level known as Immortus. I don't know. Thoughts on that, sir? Sure. Could be. <laughs> I mean, at this point, the thing is, like, we've, we're, we're being set up for, like, an, an anything is possible sort of scenario here. Through five out of six episodes, I'm still not sure where this sucker's landing because yes. I don't. I, I feel like we, we kind of made some guesses and we might have gotten some of these, but. Oh my goodness! Even for two idiots on the internet, like this is still like such such shots in the dark mm -hmm. that I I don't know where this is headed. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Maybe if I had a more exhaustive uh, a, a depth of knowledge in terms of comics, uh, where my my knowledge is kind of surface deep and just what I've picked up. I know there's some people who are they know this stuff in the in all the different levels of minutia. Maybe I'd have a shot, but pff, your guess is as good as mine, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm in a similar boat. I um, I am not a student of the comics, but um, but I do feel like uh, from things I have read, it seems like you know Kang being the big bad and this kind of being the launch point into the multiverse. Uh, I'm I'm still putting my money on that. Mm -hmm. Right on. But that's I uh, that is that. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So here's my theory, or or do we want do you want to get into the other theories here? Because you you got two others I think here listed, right? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I, I. All right. Why don't you Why don't you go through those, and then I'll give you my theory because this is this is the one ring to rule them all theory. I've just it's just come to me in a vision, or I just hallucinated. I don't know. It's one of the two. So go ahead. So the next theory uh, comes mm -hmm. from Inverse.com, and this one's kind of interesting, where it's talking about how uh, each episode of Loki may actually have some tie to the Infinity Stones. Did we do this with WandaVision already? <laughs> uh, we did, um, but we'll do it again with this one. So episode one. It's, 
uh, is reflected uh, by the Soul Stone because uh, the entirety of the TVA is tinged with orange and Loki goes through a uh, checkpoint that would obliterate him if he didn't have a soul, which he does. Mm-hmm. Episode two is the Reality Stone. This is when Sylvie appears. The lighting shifts to a stark red, just like the color of the stone. In that mm-hmm. moment, Loki questions his own reality as well as the reality where Sylvie's coming from. Episode three, the Power Stone. This is where they're on Lamentis and have uh, it's more purplish in tone, uh, color you know color wise. Okay. Um, this is where Loki and Sylvie discuss and display their various powers while coping with being powerless to the TVA and the apocalypse. Episode four, the Mind Stone. Episode four is a lot of gold tones, and it's the episode where Mobius and Hunter B-15 come face-to-face with the mind control and brainwashing the TVA has put them through. And finally, episode five leaves the time stone, uh, or sorry, leaves the time stone for the finale. Um, Let's see. Oh, the two stones left are the space stone and the time stone. So episode five would be inspired by the space stone, as will depict Loki transporting to an alternate New York, which we know is not the case. It's just the void. Uh, yeah, and then the final one would be the time stone. What are your thoughts on this, sir? All right, so I was ready to completely dismiss this. However, I will say this does seem a bit more, and and I was mostly going to dismiss it just because we'd already gone through this in WandaVision, and I kind of half expected someone to try and apply the same template to to Captain uh, to Falcon and Winter Soldier too, just because if the rumor don't come out once. Just back up and try again, uh, as we saw with Mephisto, and me just hoping that's going to come true. So, however, this one makes a little more sense. Like I, I can kind of go with what you're 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 going with here, and the fact that we actually saw Infinity Stones in the first episode. Like it's it's kind of part and parcel. I mean, of course, the Tesseract being the reason Loki kind of gets himself into trouble with the TVA anyways. But the fact that we saw Infinity Stones there, they are part of the whole deal. Uh, okay, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I still think it's thin, but maybe. It could happen. <laughs> uh, sure, why not? I mean, really, all this boils down to is the color scheme matching up to the stone from what I can read on this. So, I don't know well, that I... I think there's... I think some of the points they made in terms of like a, a theme or an undertone of each episode kind of makes sense, you know, and that combined with the fact that you actually have the Infinity Stones present as part of, you know, the setup of the story. Okay, that gives it gives it a little more credence. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Agreed, but I don't know uh I don't know. I I I feel like at this stage the Infinity Stones need to go away. They've they they've been used, they've been used again, they've been destroyed. Let's find something else. And now they're paperweights. And now they're paperweights in the TVA. Uh, Final theory. Uh, And an old MCU foe could be behind the TVA and Loki. So so this one you'll find funny because this was one of our real and jabronis from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, believe it or not. Oh, no. The Um, rumor goes like this. Uh, Not... That Kang the Conqueror is the prevailing antagonist of this series, but another prominent MCU villain that we have seen before but have not seen in a while, one Baron Carol Mordo from Doctor Strange. All right, hang on a second. Patrick, crack open the bourbon cabinet. Uh, yeah, Two bottles, yes. Two bot, no glass. No, don't need it. Don't need it, man. <laughs> Bring those right over. Okay, oh, thank you. Oh, there we go. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, Mordo really? played by uh, I'm not going to say his name right. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Uh, Chiwetel. Ch- Chiwetel. Chiwetel. I think. Yeah. You know, and he's expected to be seen again in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, if you remember, was a prominent character who was an ally of Doctor Strange before eventually turning on him uh, by the end mm. of the film. Um, one of the uh, let me find one of the points here. One of the interesting things to consider the TVA's motto, which we've heard throughout Loki, is for all time, always. And as Mordo would say, uh, or his memorable line in Doctor Strange is remarkably similarly structured. The bill comes due always. Yeah, but how in the world? Because the thing is, like, Mordo is not, at least at this point, someone with tremendous powers, right? Correct. Or does Or does he? I don't know. I mean, but is he creating the whole TVA? Because all of a sudden now he's he's shot way past, you know, kind of apprentice uh, sorcerer supreme to now like hey by the way i'm running the whole universe i don't know and and that 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 is the interesting thing i mean at the end of or i think towards the end of doctor strange he does yeah he's last seen in the movie's credit scene taking the magic that a man named benjamin pangborn had been using to cure his paralysis and basically just play a lot of pickup basketball too many sorcerers mordo told pangborn so he walked away apparently with some like magic like book or something so i don't know if that gives him some ability to do i mean it feels like it's out of his league a bit to be doing something like this it feels like kang makes more sense for something yes grandiose as trying to rule time but so yes that's that's way above that's way above mordo's pay grade just it just is i would agree all right so here's my theory okay so we have uh, we have uh, Sylvie and Loki strolling down to Ye Old Mansion off in the distance. Right. Mm-hmm. Next episode opens. Yes. You get a knock on the door. Oh, very nice. Didn't use the sound machine. And, thank you. I you know do a little foley work here myself. Uh, so we see them on the outside of the the grandiose entrance doors to this big old mansion. Mm-hmm. We cut to the inside. Mm-hmm footsteps coming down the hallway heading to the to the front door we cut in on a hand reaching out for the doorknob in that hand is a cigar the door opens Mm -hmm. shocked look confusion for sylvie and loki we spin around and all you hear is yeah what do you want bub there is Mr. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine because that's how this whole thing is going to tie in. And that was and, and and then behind him we have James McAvoy as Charles Xavier. The whole thing makes sense. Oh X-Men, bada bing, bada boom, here they are. And that's the bottom line cuz Uncle Todd says so. And it's complete horse pucky. But you know what? It's fun horse pucky. <laughs> it's it, it it'd be more interesting than than Mordo being the villain. <laughs> Hell yes, yeah, it would. <laughs> and I love me some Chiwetel. I love that I, dude. I, I, I love him everything too. he's in. Respect. But but you know what? If we're gonna if we're gonna have something just bat spit insane happen, give me some X Men in the middle of the void yes. for some unknown reason. I then think, let's see let's see how you dig yourself out of that one. I'm I'm all in at that point. I think at the at the end of the day, I think we we, we saw this with Wandavision. We saw this with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Marvel ends up taking a pretty direct route with this stuff. 
So mm-hmm. yeah. some of this, some of these like out there sort of ideas about Infinity Stones and, and Mordo are, are interesting to talk about because it, it weaves things we know into the narrative that we don't know is coming. But at the same time, I got to believe the payoff has to equal the buildup. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, mm-hmm. the payoff to me would be this is going to be the launch pad for two things. You see for the first time in the same way that we first saw Thanos in at the end of Avengers, you see mm-hmm. Kang for the first time. The second mm-hmm. thing is whatever happens in the finale is the genesis of the multiverse now spinning, I don't want to say out of control, but whatever control has been going on is going to be removed. And you're yes. going to start having branches everywhere. And this is going to open the door for what's to come. So... That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. You know, it's always fun to read theories because, you, 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 you know, in some ways it's educating me because I'm not a big, con- like I said, I'm not a student of the comics. So I start to learn some things from some of these folks who have these kind of interesting ideas. But mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, I we, we've done this two times already, and both times it was a pretty direct line from, from beginning to end. So I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Kang, and I'm thinking Loki – even though he had that wonderful speech to Sylvie during episode five about he would never betray her, I think he's going to make a choice. I, I don't know. Make a choice. I think you're right on one. I think we will get that Vince McMahon voice. That's got to be, that's got to be Kang. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it's going to happen. Oh, draw me money. Yes. Oh. Yes, indeed. Business is about to pick up, ladies and gentlemen. And finally, yes, folks, we are still in the week in Geek, 48 minutes in here. Um, in, in case you're still wondering. In case you're still hanging around. We we do want to, uh, you know, t- today uh, news came down. Uh, I, what is today, by the way? Is it the... Uh, oh, today the 12th. is Patrick, July 12th. Patrick, what's the calendar say? Okay. Don't ask him. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. His personal calendar is still running around May. It's May t- It's May tooth? What? <laughs> <laughs> It's May 45th. <laughs> no, but uh, today... No, I was kidding, Patrick. That's not a date. <laughs> <laughs> now, now he's confused. Oh, uh, kid, that kid was born confused. Today we lost a legend in the wrestling world. Uh, for those who grew uh, yes. up in the 80s, uh, Mr. Wonderful, the master of the pile driver, Paul Ondorf, uh, passed away today uh, at the age of 71. Uh, if he had his uh, the apex of his career was during the 80s, he had a he had a great run with Hulk Hogan as uh, one of his uh, antagonists with Rowdy Piper. Uh, there was a point where actually Ondorf uh, turned face and uh, was good guys with Hogan. And then and then there was the phone call that Hogan didn't answer and it pushed Paul over the edge and he went and pile drove <laughs> Hogan. But anyways, um, uh, good old 1980s rest, wrestling angles. But That's yes. all it took. Rest in peace, one Mr. Wonderful, Paul Arndorf. Uh, he, he was a very entertaining uh, heel bad guy. And uh, even though he hasn't been you know, on wrestling in, in quite some time, uh, he will be missed. So Yes, indeed. And finally, uh, just to give everyone an update, because I know our listeners are sitting on the edge of the seat to, you know, <laughs> I, I think there's there's now betting pools, there's spreads that have been, 
you know, over oh, I've unders, got two or three going right now. <laughs> uh, you know, to see what is going to happen with the man they call Tim and his ability to uh, end up in the ER. While I stand here 21 days without incident, ladies and gentlemen, uh, feeling good, feeling fit, and uh, feeling uh, like I can take on the world. So all is good. That's right. Thank you. Uh, so. <laughs> that is so dorky. Thank you, Bob Uecker. Right. Uh, <laughs> Just a bit outside. Ball uh, eight. And that, my friends, Ball 12. that, my friends, is the season three spectacular extravaganza loaded version of The Weekend Geek. Yes, we other people would just call it bloated, but we'll, we'll call it, we'll call it loaded. That's right. So uh, that you heard us right. We we are now endeavoring. We are now endeavoring, endeavoring. Uh, no, setting out on the adventure that is season three of Free Range Idiocy. And I know that the the question is, dear God, why? Just why? 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 I know that's what my family is saying, but. We want to take just a moment and reflect on the fact that this being episode 70, that we've made it this long. I mean, this might be the most consistent thing you and I have done outside of our marriages in our lives. And you know how sad that is? Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Oh, we, ought to be, we ought to both be in like like couples therapy for this. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Spend another couple hours talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that'd be a bad idea. Very, very uh, bad idea. Well, when we started this, what, what was what was the original thought, original goal behind this? Like, we would get together once every couple months. Or who, who am I kidding? Basically, whenever the Patriots would win the Super Bowl, which for a couple years was quite it a was, bit. Yeah, it was pretty regular there for a little while. <laughs> so, so that that was the event that would get us on the horn and talking for a few hours. And uh, I think you, you sir, uh, creative wizard that you are, had this thought: Hey, what if rather than talk on the phone, what if we, you know, we, we have a lot of topics, a lot of things that we'd like to riff about and stuff. What if we did a podcast? Yeah, what if we inflicted this on the rest of the world? <laughs> what would happen? What would would it be against the Geneva Convention? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. I, I actually don't think that you can I don't think that you can play this podcast in prison because it would be considered torture. I I'm I'm pretty sure that I've read that in some in some place. Um, that might be in the terms of service for for Podbean or Apple Podcasts. I'm not sure. But yes, that was the idea. Was uh, this is a good excuse for us every week or every other week to actually talk and have a conversation and uh, and here we are, two years, 70 episodes later, not making a dime off of this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, it, it must be great conversation because otherwise there's no reason for us to do this. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we're both in the hole on this between <laughs> between the, the money we've spent on recording equipment and and the and just the, the couple shekels that we have to put together in order mm -hmm. to do this podcast. Yes. So yes. it is a it is a labor of love. It or is. insanity, it depending is. on which you go with. I don't know. I I, I think we both, uh, you know, I don't want to speak for you, sir, but I, I, I'll speak for you. I think we both. <laughs> please, please do. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we're entertained by one another. And, and I think, uh, you know, as, as we have discussed various topics, I mean, I think the most exciting thing for us when we started off was, you know, we, we both knew that we were fans of Battlestar. Um, 
you know, Battlestar Galactica. Mm. And, and I think when the realization hit us after we, I think, did the first two episodes, which, which was like the best and worst about fans, mm-hmm. uh, I think that is where we launched on the maiden voyage of uh, the tomes, the three-hour-long oh, journeys <laughs> into oh, the I'm season. Get- oh, I'm sorry, the half-seasons of BS. Oh, yeah. I'm getting the shakes just thinking about editing those the again. Symbolism, the symbolism, the, th- the, the, the thematic arcs, the, the stories, the characters. I mean, it just all came together, and we just mm-hmm. couldn't shut our yaps about it for three straight hours, ladies and gentlemen. And you no. stuck with us. Yes, and that's really shocking considering how we started out. It sounded like, like a wannabe NPR, like we were trying to be all serious and stuff. That 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 got got old quick. I remember that first episode. Uh, I think I listened to it a little uh, a while back. We were both kind of laughing about it, and I, I took a listen. And my gosh, uh, if if there was a way to suck the you know personality and <laughs> we we were just it was it was like our podcast on Thorazine. We were both heavily medicated somehow. I don't I don't know what it was. I mean, uh, as you know, as Chris Jericho would call it, the 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 charisma just wasn't there. You know, no, uh, no, oh no, no, gosh. no, it's 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 hard listening to those. Um, but uh, but we've evolved almost, almost as hard as listening to this episode right now. We're sure. Oh yes, you know, I mean, a fifty-minute weekend geek, weekend geek was originally what it's supposed to be a 10-15 minute bit. At, at most. And look at what at we've done most. to it. Just stretched it out, baby. Just stretched it As out. As we do with everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like a like a, like an old pair of tidy whiteies. Just the elastic is stretched. The sagging is just in rough shape. So uh, here's a question I have. So littered throughout yes. our season one, uh, along with BSG, was uh, Westworld. Yes. Do you think we'll get back to Westworld? Do you think they'll put another season of Westworld out? Probably not. I I think they might do another season. I kind of hope they do. Unfortunately, I think I'm one of only a dozen people who yeah. hope they do, and that includes cast members. So I'm still into it. I still enjoy it. Uh, I agree that season one is definitely the best. Mm-hmm. However, I've, I'm still interested to see how this story plays out. But we'll see. Uh, I do not think that we'll be do, di- uh, diving into the episodes the same way that we were, because I think we were the only ones who actually cared. Yes, with, <laughs> with, with the same vigor and passion as uh, as we did for BSG. Yes, yeah, it, it's, it, it didn't work out quite the same. Yes. What else? Um, oh, you know, one gimmick we have to break out we haven't had in a while is the tale of the tape. Yes. We did we did a solo yes. versus Rogue One and I believe we did a Captain's Tale of the Tape, did we not? Uh yes, yes we did. Between uh Picard and Adama and that was with uh, one Jimmy Dice. Yes it was. And did, did we throw Shatner in there too or was it just Picard Adama? I, I think, think it was, it was Picard, Picard Adama. Adama. It was just Picard. Yeah, which Adama. is makes a lot of sense. What else? What else? I don't know. I mean, we've had well, we've we've had Jimmy Dice on what 5 6 18 times. I think so. I think so. I think he's due for for a return. Enough that he's not returning my calls anymore. <laughs> um, what we had Jason Ward on twice. We did, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and we uh, we talked about music for a scant minute and a half across both of those episodes. A fine music educator, mm-hmm. a fine professional musician, uh, a person who has toured the United States with a band. 
and we didn't talk about music. We talked about football. <laughs> we talked about football. Because we're idiots, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Hence the name. Yes, but I I think we have some more uh, some more ideas for guest spots coming up this season. We do maybe some some new faces mm-hmm. or, or well new voices. I guess is a better way to put it for the, for a podcast. <laughs> well, if we did video, we'd all have to be wearing the uh, luchador masks, right? Hey, you know I I still think that's a dynamite idea. I think so I mean, too. it's it's incredibly offensive, but I think it I think it has legs. <laughs> um, but no, I think this is this has been very 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 interesting for me uh, because this has it's really combined a lot of the things that I always loved in different areas mm-hmm. and brought it all together. I, I had a, a love of of radio uh, when I was in college so much so that I thought I was going to be in radio after leaving college and then realized eh, that ain't gonna work. So. <laughs> And then uh, it also, I, I, I worked as an audiobook recording engineer. Mm-hmm. So I was the person who would yell at the, the reader or the actor that, no, that was wrong. And so now everyone understands where the whole Patrick bit has come from. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Uh, except they were making more money than I was, so they really didn't care what I said. So, uh, but, but doing the editing and, and talking, with, uh, talking with people who I can't actually directly see, uh, there's two places right there where that came out of. So mm-hmm. it was. it's kind of funny doing this podcasting thing and how I've had training for it that I didn't even know that I had training for. Mm-hmm. So, And as, as uh, you remember, well, actually, I don't know if you do remember. You might have blocked it out, but you accompanied me many times to the, the illustrious uh, college uh, radio station uh, studios and were a part of the show. So that was always interesting. And, and to this day... Mm-hmm hold the advantage on me of actually cussing on air on the radio one to nothing (laughs) did i really do that you did it was amazing because i was so shocked i'm like how have i not been the one to do this by accident i was always surprised because as as we both remember back in college my potty mouth knew no bounds And you are you are very reserved, you know, mm-hmm. very you know nice fella with a you know very respectful vocabulary. And you were the one to drop a cuss on this on the station I, first. I was like, wow. I have I have no recollection of said deed. Uh, <laughs> Statute of limitations is expired. Anyways. You're all set. It's okay. I uh, demand proof. Yeah, I know this this show had its humble beginnings uh, back in a college radio booth. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we were trying to do bits even back then. Oh yeah, we were. We were totally, totally, and that's and that's part of the reason why I've I've enjoyed doing this show so much. Of course, talking with the man they call Tim is is one of the highlights of of my week. However, part of that is that he's also like the best audience I've ever had, and my wife just doesn't get my sense of humor at all. She's like, I'm not in your demographic. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> How is that even a thing? Like, we're married till death do us part, you know, that oh, whole shindig. And she's like, eh, it's just not funny. <laughs> that's great. That's great. I'm going to go talk to Tim so that I get someone to laugh <laughs> my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so there is some selfishness to it. I will admit that. <laughs> yes. Yes, there is. Well, and and I'll be honest, you know, what? one of the things that, that I – you know, I enjoy as well, you know, speaking with you, sir, and, and trading witty barbs and, and chatting about things we have a mutual uh, fondness for in, in terms of fandom is really just, you know, being able to chat with someone 
who is as, you know, kind of amped up or passionate about, you know, some of these things like Marvel, like Star Wars, uh, you know, I don't I, I don't really have an outlet for that, you know, so uh, to be able to talk about those things, uh, you know, we did a couple episodes on fantasy football and, and Uncle Todd and I have been through many, many seasons of that. Uh, mm. You know, just it's it's fun to be able to, to kind of chat about those things and uh, and, and be able to, to just kind of uh, riff and, and and bounce opinion and thought off one another and, and have some laughs while doing it. So. Uh, yes, indeed. I very much, and you will it. not get me into fantasy football again this year. Oh, I yeah, there, there's it now. an opening. You're, 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 no, you're, no, I'm done. I'm retired. Uh, I am retired. As far as um, some of our show gimmicks, what's your favorite? Mm. You know, I'll just say it's magic every time. <laughs> Can't really say I got a favorite. It's just every single one of them is just magic. All right, all right. I, I have come to enjoy uh, very much uh, the real and the jabroni, uh, ma- ma- mainly yeah. because it's it's a way of us to, to safely have a, a friendly wager that won't put us you know into some sort of financial hardship, uh, <laughs> or jail, you know that too. <laughs> but I, but but I have to say one one of my one of my favorite episodes uh, from a comedic standpoint. Uh, was I think our inaugural year in movies episode. Oh, I knew you were going to go for that. 1977, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, which was originally spearheaded as a Smokey and the Bandit, you know, a little bit of a a, a nod, a, a bit of a tribute to to the Smokey and the Bandit movie, and and Uncle Todd. Well, let's just say some of his selections, especially when he went out into kind of the long tail of 1977. I shouldn't say left much to be desired. I thought they were hysterical, but uh, mainly because of the discovery of, of what it was he actually selected. <laughs> Listen, okay, I was just going by titles. I didn't do any research on them. I do you never really need to research Wanda the Wicked Warden? <laughs> you know, Patrick, you stop giggling right now, or I swear <laughs> to God, I'm going to boot you out the window. <laughs> Oh, Listen, I'm not, the, I'm not the one who has an autographed Blu-ray copy of Showgirls, okay? Oh, just You just calm yourself right down, Spocky. Oh, let, let him cast the first stone and all that stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. <sighs> that yeah, that was, a, that was definitely a, a, a high or a low watermark, depending <laughs> on how you want to look at it. Oh, uh, yes. But uh, I, I will say one of the episodes I most look forward to, to, to doing um, was, was uh, I, I mean, all the BSG ones were a lot of fun, but I really mm. enjoyed when we did uh, season four, 4.5 and then when we did our episode on Daybreak. As, as everything kind of came to a conclusion, uh, mm. you know, never really had a chance to talk that out with a fellow fan. You know, uh, mm-hmm. when when we had when I had first watched it, and uh, it, it was just fun to kind of share like our favorite moments, and just you know, it, it was a as we talked about, we uh, we both like the finale. I know there's a bit of uh, opinion on that, but it was uh, oh yes, there is. It was there's good a to, lot of emotion yes. on the internet about that. But, but it was you know, it, I really enjoyed discussing you know the the, the parts that really kind of rang true for me, the the, the mm-hmm. those emotional parts. The way they sent off all the characters and and, and that kind of thing, it, it was uh, 
it, it was very cool. I, I was a, you know, I, I watched the show Lost throughout the 2000s. And, and again, that's another show where there's wildly different opinions on how that show ended. Um, never really had a chance to talk with someone who, you know, kind of enjoyed the finale, you know, to kind of get their thoughts and that sort of thing. So it, it was it was very uh, fun. You know, I, mean, I, I don't want to say therapeutic, but it was fun, you know, to, <laughs> to, to, to be able to kind of talk through and, and share those those opinions, those thoughts and uh, and, and just kind of go back through and, and for, for each of us kind of relive what we really enjoyed about uh, about this great, great show. So those indeed those two were, were, were a lot of fun. Those two were a lot of fun. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. And 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 just so I can be very clear on my feelings of uh, of the the finale of Battlestar Galactica. Anyone who's got a problem with that. I've got three words for you. Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. And scene. And scene. Game, well, set, match. Yes. Well, so, uh, you know, and since, you know, we are not a, and actually this is not something we've actually even discussed since kind of just stopping it, but we're no longer imbibing while we are recording, uh-huh. but, uh, but a, but a cheers to you, uh, later on, I suppose <laughs> on a, on a, uh, a beginning of season three Yes, sir. and, yes. and a, uh, we'll see where this wild ride takes us. And let it also be said very quickly to, uh, a huge thanks to, to uncle Todd, uh, for those of you who, who don't know. Uh, he is the man behind behind the man behind the man who uh, does the editing, the production. You know when he weaves those sound bits in with with an accuracy and you know with with an artistic touch that uh, tickles the funny bone. Uh, there it is. There it is. Uh, big thanks to him. Puts a lot of time into it. Uh, I just show up when I'm told. <laughs> Uh, you know, so my, my contributions are, are limited to the day of recording. Uh, but, uh, but thank you, sir. Oh, well, it is my pleasure. Job well done. And the old, uh, I always send uncle Todd a BSG emoji of Adama, uh, saluting, uh, to his, uh, first officer there. So there we have it. All right. Well, I appreciate that, sir. But you know what? We, we actually, we do have some new stuff. We're not just going to sit back on our laurels here, uh, mostly because I, I don't sit when I'm recording. I, I stand, so I, it'd be really hard for me. I'm, I, I don't even own any laurels, so therefore, uh, we're, we're definitely not doing that. However, Wait, I got 40 minutes of, of more, more speech to give here, though. You, you cutting me off? You're damn right I'm cutting All you right, off. It's go like, ahead. Like Triple H cutting off Ric Flair at his Hall of Fame speech. You're done. <laughs> You're done, Rick. You're done. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to post that that video because that is hilarious. Because that that has to be like the worst feeling in the world. Like and a legend and a dude who you're friends with, and it's like you got to go out and be like, dude, you got to tell him to cut it. Like, are you serious? You want yeah. You want me to go and tell the man, Mister Woo? You want me to go tell him? He got to like, you wrap it up. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Which, by and, the way, is love- another sound you got to put into the soundboard. Yes, I got, I'm, I have to do a little more work on that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so, uh, but we do have some stuff here to talk about. We're going to do a little new content because, hey, guess what? After about what feels like 10 years of waiting, Black Widow finally hit this past weekend. Huh? And uh, I know. I mean, it's only, it's only been a, at least, what, a year and a half yeah, because it was, yeah. well, actually, no, a year, because it was last May. A year and a couple months. A year and a couple months. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, so it feels like a lot more. Um, so Black Widow finally dropped, and uh, we had two separate experiences. You, sir, uh, making your triumphant return to the theater, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. and and me being totally lazy and just saying, you know what, screw it, I'll pay Disney Plus the extra thirty bucks and watch it from the comfort of my home, mm-hmm. uh, which actually isn't my home because we're living with friends right now. So the comfort of somebody else's home. <laughs> At any rate, the snacks were cheaper. So we both watched this, and uh, we both, I think, have some thoughts. Uh-huh. As, as we are wont to have. I know. It's, it's shocking that we would have thoughts about something and want to I'll share them thoughts. with strangers. I, I have emotions. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to say is I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. And I like how it is just this perfect little mixture of a Marvel movie mixed with a James Bond movie, mixed with like Mission Impossible. And I don't know, there's a couple other things going on there too, but I, I, it just, it worked. It worked for me on Born all levels. Identity. Uh, well, yeah, which is kind of like, it's a, that was until you started getting Casino Royale um, and, and, the, and the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. The Bourne movies were like, hey, this is what James Bond ought to be now. Mm. Like, James Bond ought to be as cool as Jason Bourne is. And then they brought in Daniel Craig, and lo and behold, hey, look, it is kind of cool. Um, but yes, totally. It, it was such a great thing. I, I loved the action sequences in this movie were just about the most over-the-top action sequences I've seen in any Marvel movie. And that's saying something because in Endgame, we saw Grimace and his merry band of like monsters and giant like space gorillas with like cyborg parts fighting it out against you know like a Valkyrie on a Pegasus and every I mean this these are over the top when you have like falling debris and two people having a fight mm-hmm. on the falling debris. Mm-hmm. Damn, I'm in. Yeah, you know, yeah. but it was so gloriously over the top. But it sat so well in the tone of the movie because it did kind of grab from some of the ridiculousness of some of the James Bond movies, the older ones that were like very kind of hokey at moments, especially like Roger Moore era. Uh, but then also kind of the the double reveal that they had in it and all. I mean, everything about it. I just thought it, it just it all fit. It could have, if one thing had been out of place, if it had been DC, it definitely would have been a completely train wreck. But it sat all very well together, and I I enjoyed it thoroughly. How about you, sir? Uh, yeah, I would agree as well. Um, yeah, really enjoyed the movie. You know, I, I liked how, you know, kind of similar to like, you know, Spider-Man, um, is it Far From Home? Yeah, I think it was Far From Home was the last one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, no, I really enjoyed, you know, how the tone of it, it it just had the right kind of level and tone to it than coming off something as grand and as large as Avengers Endgame was um w- you know which is I think in a lot of ways remembered as kind of the last you know big you know Marvel movie um mm. no offense to Spider-Man Far From Home but just kind of the you know just setting the tone for just a solo character kind of being on their own and 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 i liked how they were exploiting or using that time period between the end of civil war and before infinity war to kind of tell her story so so this this was a bit of a prequel this was a bit of you know telling a story from that had already happened in the past um to Mm -hmm. kind of lead up to eventually natasha's moves to help you know steve rogers you know get those who were in prison out so that they would um that they would be available and, and able to help, you know, if something came up. 
um, mm-hmm. which eventually Thanos does. So, hey, so I spoilers. Yeah, so I I, I enjoyed the way they kind of used and, and again I think it just goes back to the richness of the universe where they can go back in time to this period that there's really no story around and you're just kind of you know an infinity or we just kind of accept that oh Natasha got Steve she got you know the folks out of the prison we got Falcon got Ant-Man but now we kind of understand how that came to be and mm-hmm. uh, and and really along the way, her kind of being able to reconnect with what was her family, and to be able to kind of have that that you know a little bit of closure there, reconnecting with her sister, reconnecting with her mom and dad, and, or, or at least you know who, who are acting as her mom and dad, and just uh, yeah, be able to have that moment with them before being thrust into what would be uh, the chaos of of the Infinity Saga. So I, mm. I really enjoyed it. I've read, you know, there's been some negativity about it, which, you know, of course, fans will mm. be fans. But, you know, I, I, I like that it wasn't like like I, I I like what you said where it's I don't know if you said it this way, but it does have a little bit of a James Bondish feel to it mm-hmm. because of of the antagonist and what the antagonist was doing. But mm-hmm. it didn't feel over the top and it didn't feel like unrealistic you know what i mean like there, there was a certain amount like i i felt he did a really nice job drilling into the horror of what was kind of done to these women you know and and what yeah and, and the conditioning and the the coldness of the uh i'm forgetting the antagonist name was it Drakoff or something like that Drakoff, yeah Drakoff. you know just just the coldness of it and and the coldness of that ability of control you know controlling people against their will and and the implications of that and just i mean when when you step back and look at the story it's just this kind of crazy man wanting to rule the world from his floating ivory tower um yeah but at the end of the day it just the the way it was done and the way the story was told and the way it played out was just so satisfying well done and uh and and really told a very good story and 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 got you to want to see Natasha get that vengeance on him for what he had done to, to her, to her sister and to so many. And so uh, I, I thought that was really well done. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering, ah, crud, hang on a second here. Um, What's Patrick doing now? No, I'm trying to find the article. Cause I'm, I'm wondering if you read the same article that I did I'm not going to find it. But there was there was one article I read where the person was just like, ah, oh, this is horrible and blah, 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 blah. It's like one last I think it was like one last F you to Natasha Romanoff was like the type the title of the, the article, which I was like, OK, you know, I get it. And, and this is the thing that I that is very unique to the MCU is that there's some people going to be unhappy no matter what you do. You know, and and, and and in a lot of cases for good reason, because there's everyone has their own favorite character and each character, unlike movies and stuff like, you know, that you, these other sequel verses, every character has a usually has a book like they've got a history that is you, you go you go back and they have a run of comic books and there's there's stories and there's character building and all those and some have multiple books. You know, I mean, Spider-Man right. at one point had simultaneously three comic books running at one time. So you had all of that going on, and then there's been different, you know, different ones since then. So when it comes to a character, there were a lot of people who were like, well, why doesn't Black Widow have her own movie? How come this? How come that? And it's like, 
just because you can't, everyone can't have a movie because everyone doesn't have play that big of a part. Like everybody can't be one of the big ones, like Yelena said, which I was like, ooh, that kind of hurts. But I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like Black Widow was always playing in kind of like the shadows and in the side of everyone else's story. And she was a thread that ran through all these other movies and helped connect them. And I always thought that was really a cool part of her character. And I also thought it was a really cool part of her character that was, and I think Scarlett Johansson even said this before. She's like, you know, no, she is, she's serious. She's like deadly serious. She's not out there making jokes. She's not out there being quippy and all that. She is the one person who you know she is deadly serious. Like she's the straight woman to all these other, you know, people who are making jokes and stuff. And so, yeah. I always thought that was that was great, and it's why, for me, it felt totally appropriate that we actually get all this background information on Black Widow when she is in the in the in terms of continuity already dead. Yeah, yeah. Like it makes sense that all of this has to be in flashback because she's so ambiguous and secretive throughout all the other movies that yeah, you're not going to get all this information. You know, the only person who was kind of more secretive than her was was Hawkeye, like hiding an entire family out in the middle of, I don't know, Iowa, wherever, wherever the heck his family was. That was that was the only one who could even be close to rivaling what who Natasha was in all of this. And so to me, I was like, yeah, this it's very satisfying for me that this is this is kind of the resolution of this character. Yeah. And and like you said, it's satisfying because knowing what she's about to go through. And, and what her end will be yeah to how much more tragic is her story when you start when you understand that she had like a sister that you know she she may have never reconnected with you know and and mm-hmm. and, and just all the elements that kind of came together it felt you know it, it was two and a half hours but it didn't feel like there was a lot of fat in it you know what I mean like I think there needed to be no no the moments they had between the sisters you know I love the the way that um, I can't think of the actress's name, but her her younger sister. Um, oh, uh, oh, Catherine uh, Catherine Pugh or Florence Pugh? For Florence Pugh, I, I think her name is. Yeah, I think it's Florence. I I got to look it up here. But that whole thing where she kind of makes fun of her and the posing, you know, that she mm-hmm. does. Oh, that was great. And 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 just the the banter back and forth between them, you know, like especially about the vest. Um, which yes, we their up chemistry was so good. Yeah, so good. And and you know, like I didn't even realize it, but I, I later read that that vest is what Natasha's wearing in Infinity War. Yes, which I yeah. had no idea about, and really, you know, shows how little I was paying attention to the detail. <laughs> but um, well, but there's so many details in in those big movies yeah. that I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, you you have to rewatch these so many times to try and catch all this stuff, right? Right. You know, but yeah, no, I, I didn't catch it until she was giving it to her at the end. And I'm like, wait a minute. I, I, I remember that, you know, vest now like, oh, OK. Yeah. No, that was that was a nice bit of the tie in, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and that was one of the things I really appreciate about this is it took a lot of the stuff that kind of had gotten mentioned that were a little throwaway lines. You know, of course, Budapest or Budapest, depending on, you know, the pronunciation of the of the character, mm-hmm. uh, Drakov's daughter, all of that stuff that kind of got thrown out. Like Drakov's daughter got tossed out in by Loki mm-hmm. in Avengers. Mm-hmm. And to, to bring all that around and to cinch it all together, I was like, man, that is that to me just helped flesh out that character. Deep storytelling, deep. 
Yeah, it, I, I just really enjoyed all of that, mm-hmm. of, of going into those little details, and even like the callback when, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was, and it's, it's a... It's one of those moments you're like, oh my gosh, it's a good thing that you weren't actually their dad because you're a horrible, horrible dad. But when Alexi is like, you know, your ledgers must be dripping, gushing with blood. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what a callback. Oh yeah. What a callback in a, in a way that you weren't expecting, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was, it was, I just really appreciated adding those layers onto the character. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, the, the 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 chemistry between Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh was was just great. Yes, they were just it, they were just so good together, and uh, and apparently from what I was reading in the in the trivia section of IMDb.com, uh, the M, uh, Feige and the rest of Marvel Studios very impressed as well. And it seems like we are going to be seeing Florence in a bunch of other movies, not just like. Obviously, we're going to probably see her in Hawkeye now, which is, mm-hmm. you know, the the direct tie-in. But it sounds like this could go the next step. Like they weren't necessarily like, oh yeah, and she's going to be the new Black Widow. That sounds like that might be the case now. Like, damn, she's real good. Mm-hmm. She 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 would fit into this nicely. Let's let's make that happen. Yeah, you know, yeah. which I'm all in on that. I think that's I think that's a fantastic move. Uh, I think she was great in this. I agree. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I, and it, it, it did a nice job. It gave, you know, to use a wrestling term, you know, the, 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 the rub was given, you know, so to speak to, to Florence Pugh's, mm. you know, character. And, and, you know, I could easily see her kind of taking over the mantle of Black Widow now moving forward, you know, uh, you know, taking that on from, from her sister. And even though the end credit scene, you know, kind of showed her uh, aligned with, I, I don't know, she, should should we should we reveal all of the deep dark secrets or should we? Oh, I mean, come on! This this is spoilerific at this point. I mean, yeah. So, right end credit scene, which I find really funny because I feel like we're now seeing like the inverse of what Nick Fury was doing. You know, yes. throughout the first few like Marvel movies where he was putting the Avengers together. Now you have Valentina, played by Julia Louis Dreyfus, putting together like the Dark Avengers or something like that. Yes, which is actually I think I, that is I think that is where we are heading. Okay, which is going to be really interesting. Yeah. So she's teeing all. The, so so Valentina, of course, is teeing all of this up with floor with uh, what what is her sister's name? Shoot. Yelena. Yelena, thank you. Teeing up with with Yelena, the idea of going after the man that killed her sister, which of course is Hawkeye, and mm. uh, and seeing where that kind of links those two characters up. So we we've seen that Yelena has has the good in her, you know, and and I think once she connects with uh, Hawkeye and and kind of understands, uh, I, I think it's going to be a very poignant scene when she comes to an understanding of what he had to go through with her with Natasha making the sacrifice Mm. and, and kind of forcing uh, the situation, you know, upon herself, you know, being the one to, to give her life on behalf of her, of of her other family. You know, I think, I think that'll bring her around and, and in line with, uh, with him. And, and, you know, I, I don't know where all this is going, but now that we're moving past, you know, kind of the phase of the, the original Avengers, it seems like the young Avengers is becoming more and more of a, uh, a thing here as we start to sow the seeds of of that group who may or may not be the group that goes against that's gotta be kang yep oh man it's gonna be this, this, i i'm i am so digging this so digging so it. i have this a couple questions great. yes so two questions so, so two thoughts coming out of the movie that are 
slight holes that, that I may need an explanation from you, sir, the comic guru. If I am the wrestling guru, then Uncle Todd, he holds guru status in the comic lands. Uh, yeah, if only because there's no one else here. Well, you know, I mean, Patrick is just, you know, he can't, can't rely on his knowledge, so... Oh my gosh! No, he's he's. What's he doing right now? You know now, what? By the way? He's he, he's playing Pokemon Go <laughs> in the office. <laughs> Isn't that like four years, five years old? It's like a hundred. No, it's still going strong. Oh but I mean, it's like gosh. 120 square feet. Like how many? You couldn't have caught anything. You, holy crap! You really caught that one here? Really? All right. I'll tell you. We'll talk later about that one. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Try going down the hallway. See what's down there. Dang, it's not an is, ad, is, not as much of an adversarial thing going on this this episode with him. You know, it seems, well, it seems I mean, like I'm, things are settled down. I'm, I'm th- I, I was kind of into Pokemon Go before. I think I might be able to ride this little <laughs> this little numb nuts coattails on this one. <laughs> so my question to you is that. this: Anyway, sorry. When yeah. the trucks are pulling in toward the end, uh, when, mm. when she tells her family to run and she will take care of this, and we see Thunderbolt Ross rolling in yes. with his parade of cars. How on earth is she not jailed after that? Do, do you think she barters the information that she downloaded from Drakeoff's computer as kind of her ticket out of being imprisoned? Well, didn't she hand over the little hard drive, computer chippy thumb drive thing to Yelena? You're right, she did. So she did not have that as a bar. So again, I ask, how is she not in prison with the rest of them? Yeah, that's a good question, man, because, I mean, you, you just dropped an entire space station down onto the planet and you're standing in the wreckage. <laughs> I, I mean, it's I'm I'm no judge, but that's a pretty open shut case right mm-hmm. there. Like you're the only one still alive in the wreckage. Mm-hmm. Um, arrest her, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not really sure how that works. That's that is a that is a hole in the plot. I'm wondering if that's being left open for a specific reason or if it's yeah. just sort of a, well, she got out of it because she's Natasha mm-hmm. and she has dirt on somebody somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing I can think of. Because there, there's no way she's getting out of that. You know what I mean? Like she's, she, they're all pulling up. It's not like she can run from it. So she's resigned herself to whatever is going to happen. But then the next, you know, the scene that comes a little bit later where we end up finding out how she got the, 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 the air transport that she and Captain America and the others are kind of roaming around with um, mm-hmm. was kind of interesting, you know, and so I, I was curious about that. The other question yeah. I have for you, because my sons were talking about this quite a bit, they were they were quite disappointed in, in the Taskmaster character based on what the Taskmaster character was in the comics, because apparently mm. this idea of a villain who knows how to mimic and learn the fighting style of his opponent led to the character in the comics almost coming to the point of defeating all of the Avengers. Like, like mm-hmm. Taskmaster was apparently a major, major villain for the Avengers. What are your thoughts on the use of the character in the way that it was done in Black Widow? Like, was was it a... What was this? I don't mean to say that it was a waste, because I think the story they were trying... Like, I appreciate the story they were trying to tell with, you know, being Dracoff's daughter, but... I'm just trying to understand, like, have we missed out on having a great villain across several movies, or is it one of these cases of it's so like not well known and well understood that it's not the big deal that it was used, it was played in this way uh, through this movie? 
Uh, I'm of two minds because I I definitely can understand that. I'm not as I'm not familiar with a Taskmaster in the comics. However, just the the ability set. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, we saw Taskmaster Taskmaster mimicking Black Panther, mimicking Bucky, mimicking I think Steve. I, I mean, we saw yeah everybody. Yep. So obviously has you know has the game film on all of them. And was able to mimic all of those styles, which then puts you in a position of like, okay, uh, I get Red Guardian is a super soldier, but I mean, he's a super soldier who has a paunch that was bigger than Adam West's paunch when back when he was doing the 1960s groovy toovy Batman. So... How much of a badass is he really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so there, that's a little weird. I, I think, I mean, let's put it this way. It, it, it's not like they turned Taskmaster into a jobber. It's not like he was the Barry Horowitz or the Iron Mike Sharp of the Marvel Universe. However, they did essentially make her into kind of a second level jobber. Mm-hmm like an upper echelon jobber, like almost basically someone who Vince has decided he don't really like and you're going to lose until your contract is out, like that sort of jobber, like someone you know is good, but they just continue to get their butt kicked, Yeah. even though you know like they're good. And they might have had a big build up in the past or whatever. And I would kind of put uh, Rumlow uh, in this in this kind of box as far as, because I think his character is Crossbones, I okay. think. Uh, because his character is kind of more of a badass in the comic books too, mm-hmm. but they're there to serve a purpose. Like not every super villain can, not every villain can be a super villain right. when you're putting together movies like this. Not everybody can can be that upper echelon villain. And this again comes back to when you have comics because everybody has their own book and and they don't always share villains for all those books. So everyone's nemesis is a badass in that book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Taskmaster in the in the comics, and I, and I don't doubt that in, in in terms of Avengers and all that it could have been a much bigger deal. But not everybody can be like an a a an A tier bad guy, right? You right. gotta have some some lower echelon bad guys, and I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll see that come back somehow. Yeah, it's a little disappointing, but at the same time, you you need to plug someone in there, and it needs to kind of make sense. And that skill set matched up with this story. Okay, it kind of makes sense. So I was willing to roll with it, but I can definitely see what they're talking about. That yeah, that would be a little disappointing, but. Yeah. You know, that's mo- That's the movie business, kids. That's uh-huh. the way show business works. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now, what I thought was interesting is when they're in the, the helicopter, which, of course, is this is one of those things where it's like in that old like Russian helicopter, there's no way you could actually hear each other without those headphones on. Mm-hmm. And, and yet it's so quiet and they're having this conversation, which I was like, yeah, that's great. But anyways, that, you know, again, you, you have to suspend disbelief and, and kind of real physics. But uh, when they're having that conversation and I can't remember, was it in the helicopter? Or maybe it was in at the table when uh, Yelena says Crimson Dynamo and he's like, Red Guardian. She's like, whatever. <laughs> Crimson Dynamo is an actual character in the, in the Marvel Universe. Oh, really? 
and is like the Russian equivalent of Iron Man and is an Iron Man bad guy. So now I'm wondering like, okay, is that a throwaway or is that a way to kind of like sew that in there of like, all right, it's not the same, it's not the same character name. So it's not like Alexei Shostakov, whatever, was Crimson Dynamo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was one, I think, Alex, but it wasn't Alexi. It was a different last name. But I'm like, eh, are we sowing seeds here for something down the road? Maybe to play it with Ironheart. Could be, yeah. could be both. It could be like, hey, just throw that out here, and if we need it, hey, it's there. So that's kind of cool. But I overall, I just I think they they did a great job of of throwing in enough references, tying up enough threads, and giving enough background on the characters that it's like, yeah, it's a good it's a good flick, and it's a fun flick, and could have easily fallen on its ass after everyone waiting for almost a year and a half for this flick mm -hmm. yeah like the and because they kept on cutting trailers there's but i think this if nothing else this movie will have set the record for the most trailers for any film out there because mm -hmm. they kept on having to put out a new one every few months to try and keep people on the hook because and then the the dates kept on getting pushed back further and further and further so there was a real big opportunity for this movie to just be a big disappointment and it wasn't. I feel zero disappointment spending thirty bucks on it to yeah. see it a month early. Yeah, none at all. Yeah, and and just going back to the the Taskmaster question I asked, I you know I mm, yes I find it interesting too that even though you had you know the Super Soldier of, of Red Guardian, you had the Taskmaster who is you know his enhanced or or conditioned daughter and and so forth. It's it, it is interesting how Drakeoff though is out of all of them, just the most horrific human being in terms of what he's done. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, and, and yeah. the conversation that, that, you know, that he has with Natalia, uh, or Natasha, sorry. N Natasha. Um, you know, as, as you know, she's kind of leading him, you know, do, doing what Natasha does best, right? You know, leading him to reveal his secrets without realizing he's revealing his secrets. Yes. Um, but but just the, the absolute, you know, just coldness played uh and and just you know showing like the horror of what you know he he could do or what you know is is out there as far as these other black widows and stuff was just you know it's just it's 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 always interesting to me that in this world of these superheroes and supervillains that it's sometimes uh and and this is a theme that exists on the show like the walking dead it's like sometimes the biggest threat isn't the thing in front the obvious thing in front of you like the the zombies it's the people that you're trying to survive with yeah, you know, like yeah. that's the devil you have to worry about, not 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 the visual devil that you're aware of. It's the devil that's hiding, you know, and 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 is hiding, you know, within hidden intentions and that sort of thing. So I thought, you know, it, Drakov isn't on the level of a Thanos or anything like that, but I I felt it was the right level of villainy and the right level of you know antagonism that that made the movie feel reasonable. I think if it was anything more it would have been over the top and if it was anything less it would have been underwhelming i think it was it was the right mix and it and it was the right mix because it played so well into her backstory which as you said earlier was something we didn't have a lot of insights into except for some anecdotes throughout uh various movies so uh so yeah, yeah i i just really liked like i just felt overall it was a very well balanced movie um and and really just had a great great story to it um fitting for the character and a nice send off uh, for one, Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow. Yes. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned Thanos 
the I think the difference is in the personalness of the evil. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I mean Thanos is evil because yeah, he wants to kill billions of people or or snuff them out of existence or whatever. Like they just go away. So I guess you could say, oh well, at least he's not killing them. Well, I mean, good as they're just. They're going away. They're going away, folks. Gotta go, gotta go. And you can look at that, but that's such a grand scale. It's so big Mm -hmm. that we can sit there and rationalize and then say, oh, well, there's a logic to it. Because it's so big, it's not personal, you know? I mean, it's personal because you see the different people, the different characters that disappear, and then it becomes personal to those other characters. But it's, it's such a grand scheme that... It's not a it's not a local evil. It's like a coast to coast, you know, universe right. to universe evil. Drakoff is like in your face, like personal evil. Like this is what he's done to these people, and it's it is like being able to look into what he is doing, like moment by moment, and just be like, and yeah, like he sees not not only does he see nothing wrong with it, he might actually see what's wrong with it and still do it. Like that, and that is the, goes back to a, oh my gosh, here, here's two ties that you don't normally go together. So I'll, I'll tie this in with the Italian job and, and Donald Sutherland saying, you know, I trust everybody. It's the devil inside them that I don't trust. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a dude who, there ain't much there that isn't devil in Drakoff, you know? Yep. So I think that, that makes an interesting comparison. I agree. So I think we can both, uh, both definitely say a big thumbs up. Lots of uh, lots of love for Black Widow on this one for both of us. Big time buy, big time buy. Yes, a, a strong strong buy. Yes, mm-hmm. and many and many more to Yelena because I think we will be seeing Miss Pugh quite often yes. in the in the future. And uh, Pip Pip and Ray for that. Definitely in Clint Barton's future. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Clint, she's coming for you. She coming for you. The hurt is coming. <laughs> yeah. Ronan better have himself, uh, you know, kind of ready to go. Elena's about to open her own hurt business. Oh, yes. And another thing. So, sir, what have you got for and another thing this week? So, my and another thing, uh, a couple weeks back, um, my wife and I uh, took in on HBO Max, uh, In the Heights which is also in theaters, but is also being streamed on HBO Max. It is a Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, extravaganza, if you will, uh, Hmm. put to film. But basically a great story of different, uh, you know, friends, family members uh, in in the Washington Heights area and their respective, you know, struggles in the, as they are, uh, Latino and going through um, different struggles of where they are, what their dreams are, what they're trying to attain, you know, and, and even getting into some facets of, of you know, racism as well. And it, it was just a really well done movie. Um, hmm. Really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, great music. I What was really interesting is um, my wife and I both kind of commented to each other how, you know, having watched this now, th- this in the Heights came before Hamilton. So really, yeah. Oh, okay. This it, in I read in one spot. I don't know if this is true or not, but in it, it was almost kind of joked or something like this. This uh, when this was released on Broadway, this ended up being really popular and in some ways funded what he did with Hamilton. Um, to, oh, to, I didn't know to that. Produce that show. So, um, so the, yeah, this was his first big hit. But there was definitely some very similar beats and some similar 
you know, thematic in the music and, and, you know, tone wise as well, just in the music and the songs, you know, similarities between songs that happened in Hamilton and songs that happened in the Heights. I mean, not saying there was like, you know, like it wasn't copies or anything like that, but, but as, as all artists will have, there are certain patterns, you know, that, that they kind of have in their art and in their music. And this, you know, kind of came through in some of the numbers that uh, that we took in from from this movie. So so I, I'd highly mm-hmm. recommend it. It was a great, great show, very positive movie and uh, really enjoyed it um, and, and thought it was a, a nicely, you know, nicely done uh, adaptation of, of a Broadway show. Uh, hmm. So in the Heights, uh, I don't know if it's still on HBO Max, but it is in theaters. So. OK, I actually think it is on HBO Max still because I believe I saw that on the options when I was looking uh, for what will be my and another thing, mm-hmm. which is the movie Darkest Hour. Ah. Uh, so I believe I did see In the Heights still on HBO Max because that's where I was streaming uh, Darkest Hour. And I think I'm, I might have used this as in another thing before, but I'm going to give it an, another shot because I think it is worthwhile. It is a really good movie. Gary Oldman is unrecognizable as Winston Churchill. Uh, however, when I was watching it this time, I was really struck by uh, what a great job Lily James does as uh, Elizabeth Layton, who is a, who is the, the secretary or assistant, or I'm not sure what the, the exact title was. I think it was assistant or secretary for Winston Churchill throughout this movie and is kind of a, a, a humanizing force for him. Uh, but it, I think it is, it is a very interesting retelling of what was obviously a very traumatic and interesting time in world history during World War II mm-hmm. when you're, you when Winston Churchill takes over as prime minister uh, after Neville Chamberlain is forced out and is immediately plunged into the 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 possible disaster of 300,000 British troops stuck at Dunkirk in France across the English Channel and the possibility that that the English are going to lose their entire army mm-hmm before they even get a chance to really engage the Germans. Yeah. And the fact that that Churchill this is what he is he is handed. Um, and it is it is so well acted there just great performances throughout uh, of course by Gary Oldman, Lily James, but of course Ben Mendelsohn playing uh, King George the 6 was very good. And just I mean I I could run through the whole thing here. There are, everyone who's in this movie is really good. I got no bones to no nits to pick or anything else. And I'm sure, you know, historically accurate it's 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 not in, t- in its entirety, but it is it is a dramatic telling and it is a very good movie and it, it is one of those things where even if you're not a fan of history, it is really difficult to to watch something like this and not just be fascinated by how human beings uh, react and step up and how you know human the human condition carries on throughout these traumatic just dark times uh, and uh, and when you're you're talking about uh, Hitler and the German art and the German Nazi army rolling across Europe heading towards this little island mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't get too much more traumatic and dark than that. Um, however, it's a it's a it's a great flick. If you have HBO Max, I would definitely recommend uh, streaming it. If you don't, go out and get yourself a Blu-ray. Don't cheap out and get the DVD. Don't do it. Get the Blu-ray, so you can see Gary Oldman in just all of that you know high def, uh, you know pudginess. So uh, yes, so that's that is my and another thing for this week. Very nice. Both of us with little HBO Max. 
a little culture too. I mean, you had your musical, and mm-hmm. and I had a, a act, uh, you know, a fine performance by a great thespian, uh, Gary Oldman, who apparently also developed alcohol, uh, not alcohol poisoning, uh, um, tobacco poisoning. Oh, from the sheer amount of cigars that he was smoking. Oh my gosh, for this movie. Wow, that's dedication, <laughs> because, I mean, baby. That's dedication. Well, I mean, Churchill smoked like a chimney, dude, yeah. and and. You know, you think about all of the times that you have to keep going through that whole thing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I didn't even know such a thing was possible. It is. Well, there you have it. All right. Well, now we are sadly coming to the end of our... T- well, sadly, if if you're really enjoying this, uh, blessedly, if someone, if you're stuck in a car with someone and they're listening to this and you're like, dear God, when are they going to stop? Just make it end. You're, if you're, if for the now, like the now last that we've hour, spoiled the entire Black Widow movie for you, yeah. If if you're in a car in the passenger seat and you've just been thinking about if I just wrench the wheel over, maybe we'll roll <laughs> and maybe we'll survive. But if not, I just don't care. As long as oh. these two chuckleheads shut their yap. If that's you. I'm sorry. Uh, but if you've been enjoying this, it is uh, such sweet sorrow to be parting at this point. But we thank you for listening. Uh, and if uh, for all of the members of the Free Range Idiocy Congregation, thank you for once again coming to the Gathering of the Faithful. Uh, we will not be passing the collection plate this time. Uh, that may be coming in the future because, well, you know, the man they call Tim, he keeps getting these hospital bills. I mean, 21 days, knock on wood, mm-hmm. things are going great. But, you know, you never know when he's going to have to go back in and, and, and you know, get like cleansed or scrubbed out or whatever it is that they do they do do have my punch card i gotta get that other punch well yeah and then you get like a free whatever for you you know in other words free little tiny burgers you're like are you sure this isn't a slider this looks like a slider (laughs) just one i'm supposed to get like four of these i didn't know it in the hockey puck i ordered a burger However, if you want to join the Free Range Idiocy Congregation, you can do that by following us, subscribing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on uh, Podbean. I'm sure we're on a couple others that I cannot remember right now. But if you like to listen to podcasts, go ahead and search for Free Range Idiocy in whatever podcast engine or purveyor that you enjoy. I'm going to bet we're probably going to be in there. So you can do all of that, or you can go to freerangeadc.com. You can see all of our episodes there. You can download every single stinking one. This is episode 70, so you've got yourself way more audio than you should probably have of the two of us talking. So definitely pace it out a little bit. I'm just going to say that. I just want to say, and and I alluded to this earlier, we had some three-hour episodes, ladies and gentlemen, so it is not 70 yeah. hours of listening. It is probably more no. like 210 or, or 150 hours of, of our dulcet yeah. tones discussing things like Adama and Picard and the real and, and the jabroni. And more Adama. Starbuck. And more Adama. And Starbuck. And then some more Adama. Yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's north of 150 hours. It's got to be. It has got to be. Anyways, We're all about be sure to follow us. Be sure to subscribe us. You can follow us actually on the social medias. We're we're there too mm-hmm. because we love us some us. Mm-hmm. So you go to you go to Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Free Range Idiocy. Bada bing, bada boom. There we are. And follow us and make us feel better because we just love watching numbers go up. We're simple creatures. That's what we enjoy. If you have any problems, you have any complaints, you have any thoughts, you have any ideas, send those to Tim at FreeRangeIdiocy.com and he will be back with you quick, sooner, PDQ, forthwith, sooner, something like that. I don't know. I'm, I, I, Patrick, what do you, what is that now? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is he up to? 
What the heck did you take the lid off of? I'm glue. What are you gluing? Why are you putting together a model? Open a window. I was wondering why my why everything was spinning. It's not the heat stroke. How old it's are you anyways to be putting together a model? I don't care what it is. <laughs> Open a window and then jump out. Anyways. <laughs> oh, Come on now. I'm just kidding, Patrick. No, get back in the window. <laughs> I was kidding. For crying out. Oh, my gosh. He, he, you know what? He, he does look up to you and he does listen to you. Just go go play with your Pokemon again, okay? That was much safer. Much safer. There we go. Okay? All right, yeah. Patrick Put the, the lid intern, back on the glue. Put the lid back. Put, uh, actually, never mind. I'm kind of liking it now. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Lord. So where were we? Uh, I I don't know. You, you had heat stroke or sniffing glue or something. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, or both. Or both. Yeah. yeah, okay. So uh, now we come to the point in the show where I finally stopped talking, and, and there's a resounding hallelujah in the heavens. And I, I turned to Tim, the more level-headed of the two of us, the, the less idiot of the two idiots who run this show. And I think back on this entire show, and I wonder to myself, what the hell did we learn today? We have learned the following, my friend. Okay. We have learned that after uh, two years and 70 episodes, we want to show some appreciation and thank you, the listener, for listening to our idiotic banter about the inane, the, the cruft sometimes, if you will, of the entertainment industry, the wand of the wicked wardens, if you will. Oh, jeez. <laughs> How to sneak that one in, but we thank you for for you know coming on the journey with us as as we navigate the waters of, of idiocracy and and foolishness. Two friends just kind of shooting the breeze, bouncing ideas and opinions, and I don't know what else, but being fun. Are you sure, the glue isn't coming to the microphone because you seem to be lacking some focus. Here. I, I I know I'm just kind of rambling, aren't I? Where was I going? Okay, uh, we have also learned. <laughs> Gosh, Uncle Todd. This is great. I've got glue fumes <laughs> over here, and you're, and you apparently are going senile. This is awesome. This is awesome. On the bright side, this show's going to get really interesting. <laughs> we have learned. Finally, oh God. we have learned. Uncle Todd is is a strong buy on Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yes, indeed. We have learned, Uncle Todd and the man they call Tim. Well, we're going to be out of commission probably uh, for most of next spring as we consume Mandalorian season three. So uh, don't bother us. Gone fishing. Yeah. You know, we've also learned the Loki finale. That will bring uh, the man they call Tim victory over Uncle Todd with appearances by Odin and Loki's mom in the very final episode. So lock that that See? victory in. You're just you're setting yourself up right there. I've I haven't been saying a whole lot, but I mean you're. Oh, Lady Sip showed know. up. Kid Loki Pride showed up before the fall. That's what I'm gonna say. All right. Well, victory is mine. All right. We we'll we've see. also learned Patrick, uh, Pokemon Go Guru. Huh? I I guess. I mean I don't know how he caught that thing. I I've never seen one of those All before. Right. All right. Well, Uncle Todd will be on top of that. And uh, of course, I wonder if he had the glue open. Was I hallucinating? Maybe. Uh, we've also learned, uh, as we discussed, Black Widow is a great, fun Marvel movie, so do go check it out. You will not be disappointed. Mm -hmm. And lastly, Uncle Todd will be breaking out the soundboard moving forward in this, our third season of The Idiotacy, so I'm very much looking forward to hearing what he comes up with, or maybe more specifically, what ideas I'll be sending to him, and he'll actually load into this board, so we'll see. There it is. 
And with that all being said, you know, again, thank you for the downloads this past week and for uh, for listening to us and, and, and enduring our, our silliness, our goofiness, and our, and our idiocy. Uh, but as we usually like to end uh, and, and wish you all adieu, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And yes, as we start season three and episode 71, please hit the lights on the way out. It's like I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? Give me my cheese wheels, boy. You are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. I'm your huckleberry. Patrick, I told you. I told you not to put your hands in the glue. (laughs) I told you. No, I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to help you because then I'm going to get glue. I don't want to be stuck on I don't want to be stuck to you. That's why. Well, I guess you're just wearing those pants forever now. So, so, someone's walking home. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. Listen, I don't care if you do have to go to the bathroom. I ain't helping with that. There's limits. <laughs> now get the hell out of here.